0: Welcome to the Faith Christian Fellowship of Montego Bay's podcast. We are reaching for His glory through building and teaching. I hope you are encouraged and edified by this message. I am going to be sharing with you on prayer. People might ask, why are we teaching on prayer? Because everybody knows about prayer, knows how to pray, and knows the rudiments of prayer. But I'm sure that as you listening today, as you take some time to tune in your spirit, you are going to be blessed. You're going to receive from the Holy Spirit, even as I received during the times of preparation. And we know that the enemy always fights firm, so we know that he's coming at us. Not just in-house today, but throughout the week. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen? God has his hand on you and he's guiding you and strengthening you. So I have trust in the Lord that he will continue you to work in and through your life by his spirit. In St. Matthew chapter 16, According to the word, saying, Who do men say that I, the son of man? No. And some say, You're the Baptist man, or another way of John the Baptist. You know? Some say Elias, Elias, or Jeremiah, or someone of the prophets. But he got personal with Simon Peter, and he said to Simon, hmm. Who you say that I am? And Simon said, No, Lord of Christ, the Son of the Living God. Jesus said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father, which is in heaven. Now, let's stop there a moment. Understand that that was that time was still pretty much under the rudiments of the old covenant. So, as it relates to Peter hearing from God. That was not the reality of the day. Like when oh, we hear from God, God speaks into our heart and all of that. At that time, the Holy Spirit was not yet living in the hearts of man, like that is happening in the New Covenant I So it wasn't usual for something like that to happen. In fact, when He gave that answer, He shocked Jesus. And any time you can shock your teacher. Have done something, especially when the teacher is Jesus. So Jesus said, Flesh and blood did not reveal this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven said, Upon this rock, this revelation, I will build a church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And down about verse 19, he said, And I I'll give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Say that again. I will give unto you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, it did not say the key because Jesus is the key to the kingdom. So when you receive Jesus Christ in your heart as Lord and Savior, don't really unlock it, but here's the dimension of healing, there's the dimension of prosperity, all kinds of dimensions. So he said, I'll give to you the keys of the kingdom. So it's like you have one main key that opens the front door to your house. But there are different doors in the house that have other keys that access those apartments. So, Jesus said, I'll give you the keys so you can access the different dimension of the kingdom. I submit to you this morning that the most important key of the kingdom is her. And so, we're going to look at the kingdom key of her this morning. The most important key of the kingdom is her. James says the effectual fervent thirst of a righteous man is yes. a I believe that when most believers hear that verse or read it somewhere, what registered in their mind is that When the believers pray because you're a Christian, it is effectual and fervent. It amounts to being effective and fervent. But it's not what the scripture is saying. It says the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, of a righteous man. So, first of all, the basis for that effectiveness. And for that prayer accomplishing much, and all of that is being righteous. And then you pray according to what will make the prayer effective. And we'll look at that in a while. So it is important that we don't just assume that because you're a believer, you can pray and your prayer is going to be no, so you have to put in the necessaries to ensure that your curs are effective because too many times the curs of the saints just end up off into the, the zone of being non-effective and uh, they don't really eat any time. So James again says that if we're not careful We can pray amiss. What does that mean? It means that your prayers don't hit the target. We don't want to pray amiss because if we pray amiss, we're really wasting our time. I want to give you a definition for prayer that I first heard from Dr. Monroe and um, looked at it over the years and worked with it, I believe is a very good definition. We'll work with that today. Her is man giving God legal right to interfere in the affairs of earth. Her is man giving God legal right to interfere with the affairs of earth. We're going to read Genesis chapter one, verse twenty-six gave man the dominion mandates in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. That dominion mandate was exclusive to man, but was never intended to be independent of God. So God never ever intended that man would operate on earth without him. He always Had things in place for man to work with him or through him. Let's read Genesis chapter 21, verse 26. Then God said, The word for God in the Hebrew there is the word Elohim. Remember in our Bible studies time, we looked at that word Elohim in some detail, and we said the word Elohim speaks to plurality of God. So it is speaking to the entire council of the God. It's talking about God, Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Remember that L E L is the singular word. So when you see L, it is speaking to God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit separate. But Elohim, Elohim is speaking to the plurality of God. So let's go again. The, the, the entire Godhead, the Council of the Godhead, said, Let us, and it is confirmed right here, it said, Let us, us, and if you notice that word us, part of the uh, capital U. So it's speaking to the Council of the garden. Let us make man in, or, not a confirmation, or, Or, not not mine, just our image, and according to our likeness. And let them, let them know, so he's being very specific in the verse. Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and then he said, and let them, not let us, let them have dominion. Over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth. Let them have dominion over the earth. So God never said, let us have dominion. He said, let them have dominion. Then man, man was given the dominion mandate. So man is the legal agent on earth to have authority, have dominion. God never intended to share that dominion in that way because remember now that the Bible says we are kings and priests. Bible speaks to us as kings and priests. Now remember that for you to be a king, the word king, it means that you have to be reigning over some territory. So there needed to be some territory that man had to reign over for him to be king. And God gave man the earth to reign over so he could be king. So it's the domain of man. So prayer is the legal agent on earth, man, giving God legal authority because man is the only agent that can give God legal authority interfere with Earth something. So although God is all powerful and all that kind of stuff, by virtue of his word and his integrity, he will not interfere if man don't give him permission. That is why prayer is important. Because prayer is man giving God legal right to interfere with the affairs on earth. So, interestingly, in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 21, the Bible says that the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord as the rivers of water. And he turning it wherever he will. Well, and we know that God is omniscient, he's all knowing, he knows everything about the king. So the heart of the king is in the hands of the Lord and the rivers of water and God knows everything about the king and He can deal with that heart. But still, when you come down to 1 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, pray for kings. Your is already in the hands of the Lord, you know, but he said, pray for them. Why? Because you need to give God legal authority to interfere with your heart. So he said, pray for kings. And for all those that are in authority, that we might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So, her is man, given God the equal right to interfere with the affairs of her. So, one of the reasons, or the main reason, why there is no interference in some of those things that are in and around you, your life, your community, is because you're not giving God the legal right to interfere. And God's waiting on you, asking why God will not do something about it, and God's asking why you don't do something about it. Because you have the right. We are not into prayer for style. We are into prayer to get results. So it is, either the thing works or it don't work. And if it works, then in the results of it if we don't worry that we should find something else to do. But we know that our works. So in St. Mark chapter 12 Jesus said beware of the scribes because they for a show for pretense who long prayers. In other words the motives are wrong you in for sure for greetings. And any time you find yourself start praying for a show so that other people can hear you and hear oh well, your prayer sound that's compared to theirs. You need to repent. You, something has gone wrong. You, you've gotten a total wrong here. and you need to repent. We don't pray to impress us. It is not about pretense. It is not about a show. Of course there are some people who pray more maturely than others because they put the work in and maybe over an extended period of time doing certain things. But of course you ought to learn how to pray better to get better results and all of that. Chance to pray, they focus on themselves. They focus on how they can impress. Jesus said, Beware of those folks. In fact, you know, Jesus instructed the folks one time. He said, Go pray and fast in a secret place. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly. So it is important that we understand that prayers are not for pretence. Not for sure, but to get results. I want to read a scripture out of first John chapter 5. We're going to read from about verse 14. First John chapter 5, it says, Now, this is the confidence that we have in Him, in, in God. And if we ask anything according to his will, he hears. This is the confidence that we have in him. That word confidence in the Greek means assurance. This is the assurance that we have in him. It. it is important to have assurance in God when we pray. That is absolutely critical because assurance will cause the first to really be expressed in a different way than if there is no assurance. Assurance will anchor your faith in God as it relates to the first. So it is important that when we pray, we just don't pray in what I call a loose hope that something will happen. But, we pray with assurance. But, you know, assurance comes from somewhere. Assurance don't just pop out of the air and come in your life. Assurance comes from somewhere. It is derived from somewhere. So, I want you to follow me. Assurance does not come from what God has done for other people. Thank God for what he has done for them and for their their testimony. You see, other people's testimony can inspire you, but it does not give you assurance in God. So, it is important that we go to where assurance comes from. Now, The testimony of others, as I said, the Bible says, overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You, by the way, you, yeah, overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. But I'm going to overcome by the word of my testimony. So it is important that we understand that assurance comes from the word of God. That's the only thing that can give you assurance in God again, it says, this is the assurance that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to what? his will, which is his word. His will is his word. So the confidence, the assurance comes from his will, his word. And it says, if you ask according to his will, he hears. So it is important that... We don't ask according to our desperation because sometimes that, that is what people come with to God. your desperation. Desperation don't move God. That's not what move God. So, if you have the assurance, which means that you're praying according to His will, So, the Rhema word that we talk about, when you read that Logos word, when you spend time with God, when you need devotion to your study time, and that Logos word becomes Rhema in your spirit, that's what gives you assurance. The word of God. This is why it is important to spend quality time with God, so we can develop that assurance, so that when we pray, Of it. If you want your prayers to be effective, you've got to pray according to the word of God. Look at the next few words. It says, if you ask anything according to His will, I love this. The Bible says He hears us only He hears us according to this translation. from God because you've been praying on your own terms. But the Bible says if you ask according to his will, he will give audience to your prayers. That makes a difference. Because when God gives audience to your prayers, it means that the whole host of heaven is on your side. It means that the angels are carrying out assignments on your St. Catherine one time there was this guy that stole some stuff and I was a part of the, it the stuff. And we found where this guy is living in St. Catherine and went there just to go shape stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Started asking questions of me about some things that were in the house. Those folks had to answer. Because one by one they were going to give. They did not answer us, they didn't even want to entertain us or to give us any audience. When we went there by ourselves, but when the authority showed up, we gave audience, and we were able. To so take the matter like resolved. I am saying to you that when you pray according to the will of God, the Bible says He, God, will give you audience, give your first audience, and nobody is able to interfere with what He has to do or what He's going to do. Because when He gives audience to your first, that's the matter. How many of you have ever been in some situation where you have a genuine case, maybe at the store or somewhere, but the manager won't talk to you? People won't talk, they won't listen to you. They think you're annoying them. But when you get audience with the right person, it makes a difference. If you're talking to the person on the floor, they sometimes don't pay attention. But if you say, let me talk to the manager, you get some more results sometimes. Well. If we ask according to the word of God, the Bible says that we have audience with the boss. We have audience with the king. And he giving us audience will make a difference. He heareth us. He gives audience. And verse 15, let's read verse 15. Let me say, when God gives audience to your prayers, it means that... Refers a guarantee. If we know that He hears us, that He gives us audience, whatever we ask, we know. That's how we have the assurance now, the confidence. We know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. In other words, whatever we pray for, we have. We have according to so, His Word. As I said before, her is man giving God legal right to interfere with the affairs of her. And it's amazing, we've seen in the scriptures how God, at different times, has been to intervene in situations and how man has held on to the hand of God as the things in the earth. God told Abraham said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham remembered that his nephew Lot and family was down there. And Abraham started to negotiate with God or pray. And Abraham went on to the hand of God as it relates to the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And only when Abraham released that hand was Solomon crowned. And, and here is the interesting thing: Abraham negotiated with God on the terms of righteousness. If you find fifty righteous people there, if you destroy the city. Said no. He's negotiating on the terms of righteousness. Remember what we said from James? Textual, fervent words of a righteous man accomplishes much. So we have to put ourselves in that place to pray effectively. Pray, one, on the premise of righteousness. Two, we must ask according to his will, according to his word. Because that's where we have assurance from and that's where we are... Setting up ourselves to get audience with God. So anything that I am into personally, I am in it to win. I am not just about competing. I've seen athletes that put a microphone into their mouth for them to speak and say, What do you think about the race? And they said, Well, how's this guy glad." I was able to compete. It's not all about winning. I'm, not, I'm, I'm just glad I was able to compete, you know? huh? Well, I'm glad that, yeah, I competed in the race, but I'm telling you to win. I'm in it to win. If I didn't win, then, you know, I have to come again, but anything I'm into, I'm in it to win. When I was going to primary school, I only went into one kind of race, because that's the one I knew I could win, the race i could add faster than those other ones i could run faster than it but i could add, i knew I to get down there and have that thing and get back before it so I, I need to run them 100 meters and all that kind of stuff because i'm not gifted that kind of way. but the point i'm making is that any race i go into i am in it to win anything i'm into so To say we prayed, I participated in the prayer, or I prayed for three days, I prayed for two hours, and then you come out still in the earth, right? If we are going in, we should go into win. And I believe that this is where the church do not quite understand the world, especially the business world sometimes, because if the business this world. If they sponsor something in the church or anywhere. They're in it for their gain. They're in it to win. Don't believe that they were sponsoring because they love that organization or this group. They are in it to win. They want something out of it. In fact, this is not the business world they're in it to win. They're in it for gain. But sometimes, as the church, we take this position of well, better late than ever. And I'm just glad that I was able to show my face. should go, we should be making an impact. We should go into whatever we're involved in Berlin to win. That should be the mentality, to win. Not just to compete, but to win. We might not win all the times, but we have to see what we can do different to ensure that we come out with victory. So that's why we say thanks be to God. who always causes us to triumph because we expect to win. I believe that many believers are into a prayer if they examine their motives carefully because of the good factor. Religiously, it feels good. It's the right thing to say. We will pray about that. Or even when we gather to say, let's pray about it. But, are you seriously anticipating results? Are you praying on the premise that will produce results? Or are we just wasting our time getting involved with this and not getting the results? So let me ask you, what results... Are your first producing in your life? Your life. You examine your own life. What results are your first producing in your life? When last did you go one and one with God and pray about something, agree in faith, believe God for something, and saw the manifestations of what you prayed for, what God? but we the right to interfere. God wants us to get results to our prayers, but we have to be doing it according to the word of God, according to the law that God himself set out for us. So, is there somebody here that might be discouraged about some things that you've prayed for and not seen results, some things that have been happening in your life, and is just getting to you right now. I encourage you this morning to reevaluate the situation and now go and begin to pray according to the will of God so that your prayers can get audience with God. That the intervention of heaven can take place on your behalf. We believe. That's, we serve the miracle work in God. We saw about it this morning. We want to give him the legal right to interfere with our affairs here on earth. Sometimes, because we don't understand, we expect that God is just going to work on our behalf just because we were baptized. Well, that's not how it works. You have to give God the right to interfere with your affairs. on him. You lift up that situation before God has said, God, I am in you for your intervention in this situation. Your word says, remember, you're always going to the word Your word says that if I seek, I will find. So, I set out to seek new dimensions of the kingdom today. Now, there is a structure of firm coming from the Old Testament, as I said before, since the fall of man. There is a fair pattern that was established the tabernacle of Moses. And God set up a way through which man could get to him, but at the same time, it was a type and shadow of what was to come. According to the Old Testament, what happened in the Old Testament was a type and shadow of what was to come because there was what he called the outer court of the tabernacle. Then there was a holy place and the most holy place. And God always intended that man would have fellowship with him and be able to get into the holy place. But the Old Testament was a shadow of that problem. But now in the New Testament, God has swung the door wide open for us that we can come into the very presence of God immediate presence of God and receive life, partition and strength. We thank you so much for joining us today. God bless you and have a great day. You may contact us by email at fcfmontegobay at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at fcfmontegobay and on Facebook at fcfmontegobay.